Blessed be Rabbi Lanai, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments, has provided salmon, and has commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth, and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people Israel. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who selected us from all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Blessed you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. Well, if you did not hear, gentlemen, about the... Uh, but the terrorist attack by two Palestinian men uh, at the uh, Temple Mount. Actually, it wasn't the Temple Mount. It was the synagogue, synagogue, synagogue in Jerusalem, which CNN called a mosque. Did they really? What? Yeah. Well, CNN is Islamic. Yeah. CNN also said four Jews, two Arabs killed. And, right. and a shul. Two because so, the two Arab terrorists were shot dead. That's right. We used terrorists. That's right. That's no, not so, in America. In America, we put them in, in prison. I said that's what they negotiated. Four people were killed. Three of them were Americans. Really? Yeah. Tversky. One was British. These guys uh, was ran in there with. Jeremy Gimpel said 26 orphans were made. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Yeah, this police officer who shot the guys, one of the police yeah. officers that got the gunfighting guy, oh. died of his wounds later this afternoon. So he's the fifth victim. He had a four-month-old baby. This is something. Axis. I'm glad we carried on Shabbos. Can we talk about that for a second, actually? Not that. <laughs> oh, but this, the incident. Because... How do you respond? Because, I mean, everybody knows these guys are Muslim. Uh, the killing last week of Peter Kassig yeah, was by Muslims. That was an American as well. Um, nobody cares. The, you know, Americans are dying by the hands of Muslims. There's no Muslim outrage. There's no, I mean, President Obama is calling for a calm response to this instead of decrying this as what it is. How do you respond to Muslims in America who are so-called moderate? They're irrelevant. That's what I respond. I get it, but they exist. They're irrelevant, though. Mm. Mo moderate Muslims are irrelevant. I, I was just watching a panel get a discussion, and somebody in the back said, "Well, a lady stands up and gets my." Is that a Muslim lady? Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, moderate uh, minority. She. Lebanon. I'm just explaining this. They are So the panel member, the lady up there who lost Lebanon. Lebanon had their 9/11 back in the what early 80s or whatever when the Muslims took over, just like they took over Europe, and now they're taking over the United States. And he's, she's out there warning them, the lady walks out, well, what about Muslim, moderate Muslims? She says, there's 25% of active, you know, the fanatical Muslim. That doesn't sound like a whole lot, unless you're talking about 1.2 billion people. There's hundreds of millions of very um, radical, radical Islam, um, Islamists or Islamists. Muslims. And she says, so the rest of you are irrelevant. We're not talking about you. <laughs> so the moderate Muslim is irrelevant because they don't stand up to condemn it. They don't take a position on it whatsoever. And deeply rooted within them is, in their book, is jihad. And jihad looks like this. They may not do it themselves, but they certainly aren't condemning it. So I say that they're on the other side. So they are irrelevant. That was a great panel discussion. That was awesome. She, she, she's also the one who said... Um, put political correctness where it belongs, in the garbage. 
I wanted to marry her after I heard that. Has <laughs> not I listened to that. Mr. Shapiro talk about the uh, the nonsense that there's no such thing as a radical Muslim. It may actually be worth listening to right now. It does not take that long, but it will certainly give you fodder for what you're asking. Okay. Let's see if we can airplay this. Donnie is gay. I wouldn't let like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> it's better than being gay me. Huh, is it? I think I'm not. Can you you can gay who? Games can only be played as long as great podcasts. They can be shot. They can't be shot. Oh, I do too.
Nigeria, 75.7 million Muslims live there. 71% favor Sharia law. That's 53.7 million people. Iran, 74.8 million Muslims. 83% favor implementation of Sharia law as of last year. So that's 62.1 million more radicals. Turkey has 74.7 million Muslims. And 32% is a moderate Muslim country, probably the most moderate Muslim country. 32% said honor killings of women could actually be justified sometimes. So that's 23.9 million radical Muslims in our moderate ally Turkey. Morocco, 32.4 million Muslims live there. Just over three quarters support Sharia law. That's 24.6 million radical Muslims in Morocco. Iraq, 31.1 million Muslims live there. And 78% say honor killings of women can sometimes be justified. That amounts to 24.3 million Muslim radicals. Afghanistan, 24 million people. A huge majority, 76%, support at least occasionally, just once in a while, honor killings of women. 99% actually want Sharia to be the law of the land. So it's like a Cuban election over there. 24 million radicals. <laughs> <laughs> Small Muslim country, 6.4 million Muslims. Right now, Hamas is enjoying like 60% approval rating. So 3.8 million radical Muslims in Jordan, which is, again, a moderate country. Palestinian areas. Right, we're sending literally hundreds of millions of dollars to the Palestinian areas. We are, the American taxpayers. 4.3 million Muslims live in the Palestinian areas. 78% of those have positive or mixed feelings about bin Laden. 89% support terror attacks on our ally, Israel. 89% support Sharia law. We should give them a safe post. That's 3.83 million radical Muslims. How about in the West? Okay, let's take it to France. France, 4.7 million Muslims live there. A 2007 poll showed 35% of French Muslims said suicide bombings could sometimes be justified. 1.6 million radical Muslims living in France. Great Britain, 2.8 million Muslims living there. 78% wanted cartoonists of Muhammad legally prosecuted. So we're talking about 2.2 million radical Muslims in Great Britain. How about here in the United States? Well, we have a very moderate Muslim population. We do. 2.6 million Muslims live here, according to Pew Research. 13% said violence against civilians can be justified. 19% said they were either favorable toward al-Qaeda or just didn't know. You know, who knows, really? That's almost 500,000 radical Muslims here in the United States. Here is the total of the countries that we've gone through just now. 680 million, 30,000. 680,030,000 radical Muslims. And that's out of a total population in those countries of 942.4 million Muslims total. And it seems fair to assume that Similar proportions of people in countries like, say, like Algeria, Syria, Sudan, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, Tunisia, Somalia, and Libya are also radicalized. And if they are, then, well, we're about 800 million Muslims who are radicalized. More than half the Muslims on Earth. That's not a minority. That's now a majority. And that's still not even surveying hundreds of millions of Muslims in other countries. In other words, the myth of the tiny radical Muslim minority is just that. It's a myth. And, unfortunately, it's a myth that's going to get a lot of civilized people killed. Mm. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel or click here to give a quick donation. I love this guy. He's funny. So, I'm trying to memorize that, but I keep coming up with more than half! Why don't you ever do this more than half? Good, good, good. That's what they do. Islam, by the way, does not believe in gravity, hence the uh, shooting into the air. Um, so, with that question, like I have, there are Muslims at my work. Um, how do I think of my What do I do with those guys? Because I mean, I'm sure that they're not wanting to kill me. Maybe 
Really? I don't know. How, how can you be sure? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, I doubt it. I, right. I, they, I, I would want to assume that they probably don't want to kill me. Wow. But I don't know that. I think that's a poor assumption. But you can assume Over that half of them probably want to kill you. Statistically, right. we've already seen that if you've got five Muslims in the room, two of them probably think it's, you know, sometimes okay yeah. to yeah. kill you. But they're all from different places in the world. Right, right. Yeah. Was one statistically speaking. Right. Right. But in the US it's one out of five that was hippie. And I don't know, maybe all nineteen percent of the You guys are the same you, you guys are not helping. <laughs> well no. But that's I that's have because I have actually engaged What's been the the response on their part? Well I normally start with uh so you need Muhammad. So are you a Muslim or a Hindu? I'm Muslim. Okay. So, I mean, just want to get it out in the open. Um, so, how do you feel about me practicing Judaism and my children practicing Judaism? Um, do you feel that it's proper and justified to kill infidels? Now, there were like 30 people in the room that stopped talking when I started this. So this may not work for you as an employee, because I was just a vendor coming in. And uh, yeah, he he backpedaled pretty quick. Yeah. Well, I, and and I got him to actually state that he believed that that was wrong. The other Muslim in the room didn't say anything. And and also another thing is is their practice. I mean, I've been in many discussions with people in the military about it, or even other branches. There's no there's no place that it'd be reciprocated. I couldn't do anything to affect them, so it was just an outward, outward discussion. And back in the my mind is, they one of the practices is to present a false product right. until they have the majority, and then it can it's no longer a choice. So I can't trust a word that come out of their mouth. But I guess my only concern about being suspicious about all Muslims is, let's be honest, if you're wearing a kippah, you should probably be suspicious about everyone not wearing a kippah. That's true. Because, I mean, today in Brooklyn, like a Jew got beat with his own umbrella and called a dirty Jew. So I, I mean, think there's a big difference between Jew haters in America and Muslim fanatics. They're not that different, that but Jew haters throughout centuries have killed just as many Jews or more yeah, than Muslims have. That's not even close to being correct. That's not even close correct. to being correct. Well, right now, that's what, is what I look at statistics. And I, and I know there's Jew haters out there that would want to put a bullet in you, but they're not putting bullets in them right now. That's right. But yeah. what's chopping people's heads off is these active Muslims. Exactly. In Shul, of all places. Umbrellas are right. Well, that's wrapped in a thalit. And to fill in, it's just horrific. I, I, I think that part of the problem we have in America right now is that we all want to be so politically correct, and we don't want to offend anyone, That's that we don't say anything. And when we don't say anything, everybody who wants to say something has no one to be their voice. Well, eventually be lost anyway. Let's not go there right now. But I'm just saying. So be diligent about doing them as well. <laughs> and encourage Amen. other people to do it. Amen. They're not they're not gonna make the decision. Does that help? Yeah. As an employee, you're in a tough spot. Um, but there's there's no reason why you can't in polite conversation and banter 
start asking some questions. Well, I always carry with me at work. Always with me. It's a tough deal. You carry at work? Every day. Awesome. Me too. She's wearing a suit. It's usually right in my desk. Yeah. It's a very tiny so you can only... So you pull it out when you get to work, put it in your desk? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you load it with the bathroom sink. The water is tall. Don't go away, don't go So let's... Uh, Please ignore <laughs> the green shirted. Green horn. Alright. <laughs> let's... Uh, Zeki Roots. What is it? What are we supposed to do? What are the hindrances? Real quick. I'm looking for lively banter now. Let's go. What is it? Vigilance. 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 That's a big word. Okay. Analyze your actions. Okay. We'll figure out what's right and wrong first. First? Order comes in order. Okay. Let's do good good and evil instead. Yeah, stay right. away from evil. Yeah. And we want to... Uh, it focuses on the negative. So it does, good, good. Negative. So this one focuses on the negative. How so, Joshua? Well, first off, like you want to do um, a, a counting of the day, and basically be looking for anything you could have done during the day that's wrong, so you don't do that again. And you want to go with some kind of strategy or tactic to avoid that. But what about the stuff you did good? Then analyze. Make sure it's motivation. I want to, yeah, analyze, analyze the motivation for it. Sure to see what's good. question about bad. Do that, does, it, does it evil? Does Thank it classify you. bad as not doing good? Like, I need to focus on... No, these are on, these are on actions. All right, so I, if I didn't wrap the fill in that That's way. right, that's not what we're talking about. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's that would count. I think, it would count. I think anything that's a sin is in... No, 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 no. That's not what this is talking about. Yes. If I'm not right? No. We're talking about what you did. No, it's what you did wrong. That would be considered wrong. Right. Yeah, that's Zerazu considered not doing something right. Yeah. No, but I think it's that that would still thing. fall in there. That wouldn't be Zerazu, because Zerazu is just doing mitzvot. Right. But when you're looking at you're looking at your deeds, right. and you saw that you had an opportunity to do a mitzvot and you didn't do but it, that's, I feel like that's, that's Zerazu. That is not right. That's the next this, this one was strictly focused on what did you do if you didn't do a mitzvah? That's zero zero. That's zero zero. So we're looking yeah. at what did you do, and was it good or evil? Was it good? Great. Brother and the brother to the person with that name. If it was evil, uh, what did you do to not do? Both places. That that was his point on in zero zero when he said that zeguru focuses on the evil, on the on the negative stuff. It's not focusing on the good. This one's focusing on the good stuff. But Zerizut is not an accounting of your deeds. It's 7 o'clock. I didn't say it's it was. It's alacrity. So uh, do we just not so we're going to the things we don't do? No, Pete. Try to and work with me. One. Because if we're doing this to focus first on what we're doing wrong to do the right, here we're focusing on doing more right, and we're but, still doing this. But so after we do the good, then we're focusing on it. So, did you rap? If you did, what was the motivation to rap? If you didn't rap, here is where you're going to be motivated to rap. But we're splitting hairs, and it's not helping us to review these points. But Pete was just saying, when you're doing your accounting at the end of the day, you should count the things you missed that were good opportunities. I didn't read that anywhere in the book. What I read was, you count what you did, and you balance it. Was it good or evil? And if it was evil, 
figure out a task, a way to stop that. If it was good, see how you can analyze it to make sure that your motives were right so that you can make the good gooder. Right? Here is where you're trying to add more good to your day. At least that's the way I read it. If, if that's not what you saw, jump. It's fun. Alright, so what do you call a person who practices Zahirut? Zahir. Zahir. So, how many of you now have a regular time each day where you're visualizing? So you're all vigilantes. Just a few days a week. Mm, a few days a week? Five days a week of Friday right now. Five, good, good. Five is better than one, right? Five is better than nine. Alright, so did everybody raise their hands? Or no, but some, some people didn't raise their hands? I didn't raise my hand. So you didn't raise your hand? Raise your hand. So you can raise if you have a regular time, not if you've done it. If you have a regular time. In your mind? That's clever. Weren't you? I was. Hyper literal. See who has it on their schedules. Right. Oh, well, it's not a scheduled thing, it's a so, drive home. So. Brother of mine, how can I encourage you to. Everybody text Brock. <laughs> That's right. Brock, Brock. Hey, Brock. Let me ask you. Unfortunately, it doesn't work for him because he's yeah, only from the bed. Four minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wait, and that's that's if he has to put the slippers on. That's even if I get out of bed. Oh, that's a good point. So, is there any? Do you see value in doing this? Yes, absolutely. Then we're going to leave you alone this week. So might there be an opportunity for you to make this a habit? Absolutely. Okay. You know, so, there is a, a YouTube video called Stuff Christian Says, and as satirical as it may sound, it's actually really good. Like, it's called, no, it's called Shoot Christian Says. Can you hold me accountable for that, bro? Check your heart. Check your heart. <laughs> Zaharu? Zaharu? Check your heart? Check right. your heart, bro. Check your heart. Guard your heart. That's cool. Guard your heart. Don't bring him by that place on the way here again. <laughs> so, uh, they weren't there for that joke. Uh, they made the joke. Mm -hmm. I, I, I shared the document. You guys were there elevation before this. Well, but I yeah. heard the joke. <laughs> See, that's what I said. They were here. Yeah. So, you stopped going all the way to Charlotte 1, just because it's across the street from my house. By the way, did you thank the church for letting us use their parking lot? Mm -hmm. That's great. So, so, just from a transparency perspective, let me share what I'm doing, and uh, um, maybe it'll motivate you to do the same, which will hopefully encourage other men. Um, As you, I, I think I told you that my wife and I are doing the uh, Riverton Musar. Mm -hmm. um, so that comes, that's a six month plan. 18 meet up. None of which evidently are on our list. <coughs> I don't get it, but uh, we're working on orderliness this week, uh, which if you went to the uh, Dr. Gottlieb Center, I think that's the chipmunks. But, um, we need to do the same deal. It's got the same foundational things. Uh, so we've uh, decided on 8 o'clock. Because that seems to be the time where we're 
pretty much done, and we're either going to spend some time together and chit-chat, or do some planning, or we're just going to go in the bedroom and watch some kind of show or something like that. So we're coming in here, and we're doing that, that analyzing of our day at 8 o'clock. I think I fell into uh, the first couple of nights, you know, 10, 15 minutes. I think last night, I did an hour and a half of my pizza last week. You know, I'm like, I'm not even done. So, I don't know if that's going to be regular, but that's what I'm doing. It seems to be working. Uh, as far as in your that. business, but you analyze your deeds with your wife? No, sir. We just happen to be doing it at the same time so that we can hold each other accountable for analyzing our days. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah and you're more than welcome to ask anything you want. But she's... She's doing her deal, and I'm doing my deal. We're both journaling at that point, and, and so forth. And, uh, and it seems to be working. And um, can I read your journal? No. Okay. Doing this while the TV's on? We right here. There is no TV. We also don't have a TV in there. But we do have an Apple TV. Mm -hmm. know, yeah, we're we're right in here, and uh, it's working. So, and it's uh, it's it's bearing fruit for me. So. Anybody uh, else want to share what they're doing? When they're doing? I usually, uh, um, this season is pretty pretty busy. I've got a lot of things for work coming up, things like that. So I don't have a lot of time at home. Um, and the commute is crazy. So I utilize the commute. I used to just listen to music. That's what Greg was saying. Um, so I'll try to, you know, in the morning, try to listen to the lecture, rabbinic lecture, or something like that. And then at night, it's really hard, though, because you just want to, like, unwind and listen to something. And, and isn't that what, where he started here, right? Um, what are the uh, the factors? What is it? Factors that diminish? Factors uh, that detract, detract, from, detract from the thing? Yeah. So, yeah, now I've been, you know, getting slammed all day. Now I have to Get think slammed. about my day. That's so, so hard. hard. When so, I get slammed all day. <laughs> But I, I, I hear you saying, like, I'm getting tired, but I think for me, one thing is, like, I'm doing the same thing I'm trying to do on the way home. Yeah. Um, and the motivation to me is I basically don't have to do it all day. That's kind of like, because I... I no, used, you were the only one that was doing it yeah, all day. Yeah, I was doing it all so day. So you're, you're saving all that kind so of stuff. So basically, now. I'm like, whenever I feel guilty during the day... Right, right. Sometimes, whenever I feel guilty during the day, it's like, oh, wait, I don't have to feel bad right now because I'm not talking about That's it. That's right. I can, feel, I can feel bad later. I can feel bad later. <laughs> so basically, like, it's almost like there's something of a, um, a reward in not having to worry about it the rest of the day. Try to be happy throughout the day. I just want and to encourage you, man, because that sounds like you actually have made a change in your walk as a result of what we're doing. Huh. And good or bad, I just think that's fabulous. Right. So I hope it bears great fruit for you. Me too. Um, so far, I think it's been working out fairly well. So you guys that are doing the commute thing, do you actually finish? I mean, can you get through the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, because for me, I don't know about Taylor, but... Um, Would you not talk to anybody? <laughs> no. <laughs> Actually, I don't. That's easy. I mean, I sit there, I, I, I go through my, and basically, I, I get, I spend about five, ten minutes probably Oops. running through the stuff that happened. Um, oh. Hey, hey. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Okay. Um, it takes about five to ten minutes to run through stuff that happened pretty much from, until I get to work. You know, getting angry in traffic or, you know, something didn't go quite right when I was praying that morning or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the that's a bulk of my time. I feel like it's spent on that. Because once I get to work, 
it's so busy and it's so isolated because basically I stare at a computer screen and I talk to two or three people at most the whole day. Really? Um, That's nice. And I know, I don't have your job. And <laughs> because of that, like, there's just not a whole lot to confess like or talk to God about at the end of the day. It's like, okay, God, I'm sorry I kind of daydreamed for a little bit there and uh, didn't pay attention to my work like I should have, and that's about the only thing I have to say about that. So it's like, I mean, anyway, so I found that, right, so far, at least the last few days, when I'm at work, it's taken, like, 20 minutes. There was one day when I was home all day for a holiday, and I came here, and I did it some, I think, um, that evening, because Juliana was out or something, so I had, like, extra time. time, And... That was much longer because I had the whole day sure. with her doing stuff and with people. Yeah. You know, you're not doing anything with people. You, you, yeah. You, when you're how much to say? When your when your entire job is either dealing with the people in the room with you or with a thousand people on the telephone all day long. That gives you a great opportunity to grow. So it doesn't have to be an hour, again, like, mine is usually not an hour. Sometimes I'll, like, I usually have things I tack on the end, like, throughout the day, I'm like, oh, should have done that. So then you choose just kind of a checklist to go through, and as long as you, you get through it all, then great, uh, and you can have extra time to keep reviewing, but, you know, it doesn't. It can be as little as you need to be, just as long as you're thorough right. with it. Right. So it should be, ideally, it should be an hour, but it's hard to just to jump into an hour. Right, right now, I'm finding that I'm spending more time on. I mean, I, I'm just trying to walk, eh? yeah. and I think it could have been better. So I reflect on that. You know, I'll, I'll make a note or something. Um, let, me, let me rephrase that. That was bad. And I need I, I should have done that differently. Um, I, I haven't found the opportunity yet to go back and go, so what were the really fabulous things I did and really what was the motivation behind it? I, 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 I got too much, too much of the stuff that I'm dealing with. So. There's a story that I read of this rabbi, I forget his name, I think it was Rabbi Elazar. But uh, he was walking with his, one of his disciples and they were trying to make it to some town before someday or something like that. And they had to stop in the middle of the woods and camp there. And uh, the sun is about to set. And his disciples like bundling up in his sleeping bag. And the guy's like, like, hang on, we have to do our accounting first. Like, this is what we do. Yeah. And the was like, oh yeah. And so the guy sits down with a piece of paper and a pen and writes, this is like a rabbi society, writes 112 things they did wrong that day. And then he spends time in prayer to work on all those 112 until he's confident that God has forgiven him for all 112. And then, um, then he goes to sleep. And so then they go to some town and they have some big lesson with the people in the town because they aren't doing that. The people all say, like, um, we do our accounting and, you know, one or two things and we're done. And the guy's like, this rabbi over here is 112. What are you trying to say? Yeah. The threshold a little bit? Yeah, threshold. Let's ratchet that bad boy up just a little bit. Interesting.
Can I read just one thing in, in case we need some? Well, it really depends on how long it is. It's just a, it's just a couple chapters. chapters. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. um, <laughs> Praiseworthy is the man who is always fearful, the, fearful and the sage of blessed memory explains this verse is written concerning matters of Torah, meaning it is praiseworthy to always be apprehensive that one has not attained or may not attain perfection and observance and mandates of Torah. And then it goes into the fear of sin and the last sentence, which I highlighted. Um, it is certain that someone with wholesome perspective will not refrain from being vigilant in all his actions since he perceives man's true goals clearly. He will you will find that there is no greater tragedy than not living up to its fullest potential. So when I, I was going to say when I started, I would do this when Michaela was in the bathroom that night, because doing whatever girls do before they go to bed, like you know, ten circles. Yeah, but you're not implying that she spends an hour in the bathroom. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Like you know, the whole yeah. makeup removal. Oh, the makeup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ten circles. But then that would, yeah. the girls yeah. make like circles, like just around there, like oh, I forgot to turn this light off. I forgot to do this. I forgot to do this. I forgot to do this. So, um, so then I realized that wasn't enough time as I started. Um, but there's, I don't know, once I've dove, dove in more into this, I find a lot more things on Yeah. Because, and Thor's a pretty big book, we think we've mastered it, we're far from it. That's, that's the beauty of the walk, right? Yeah. The Holy One, blessed is He, is so far transcendent from us. That when we think we're drawing close, it's you know well, you're so much further. Yeah, he reveals that you know, gosh, I mean, we're, we're quite a ways away. But your attitude is also one of humility, though. All right, good, good, good. All right, so anybody else comments on Zahirut? Zahirut. Zahirut. Yeah. Well, it, nothing else from the vigilante. I, I just want to get Zahir because I'm not, I, I'm not, I think Peter was right. Oh boy. I'm on chapter 8, first page, last sentence in the first paragraph. There is no difference between these two except that this one, Zahir applies primarily to positive commandments, and the other one, Zahir supplies applies primarily to prohibitions. Excellent. The summary in chapter that's, three that's awesome. tends to leave it a little bit. Depending on which one we're classing under, as long as you're accounting for both of them. Again, you're going to account for both of them. It's just that when we're looking at only this one, we're looking primarily, not exclusively, but primarily at negative stuff. Here we're looking primarily at positive stuff, but now that we're doing both negative and positive, we're doing it all. So yeah. that's the deal. So um, good job. So. The factors that detract from laziness. the very same factors that increase laziness and wow. inaction. Which Solomon hates a lot. He does. Well, he got some uh, significant quotage in this one. Yeah, yeah. I tell you, this, I thought this one took like laziness <laughs> to a new level. Holy cow! I have to say, like, yeah. if you if you go to work and work at least your eight hours a day, you don't feel lazy. And if you wake up early to pray before you go to work. You really don't feel lazy. But you read these chapters, and it's like, like, man, I am a standard. Where is the ant? i got to go watch the ant for the next four hours. I just don't have it. This is his talking about, like, basically, I love the lines in there when he talks about the idea that this world is made for labor. 
Yeah. Because, see, I have never really thought of it that way. Because I don't know about you, but I've always been trying to find rest. I've been trying to find breaks. I've been trying to find, like, it's like, oh, I'm really tired. I don't feel like reading or studying right now. Or I'm really not, you know, I just need to kind of let my brain relax. You know, whatever else. And it's like, and his, his analogy was talking about sleep was like, soldiers don't get a chance to sleep eight hours. So you shouldn't either. <laughs> yeah. Man to labor. I thought he was really, yeah. I thought he had a really interesting point that he tied in um, the two characters, the group characters I think he talked about as um, examples of how this world is like were I think farmers and soldiers. soldiers. Which is exactly like the Paul. same Paul uses. Exactly, I was thinking um, the same thing. And, which I thought was very intriguing because they're both looking at the same thing. And yeah. Paul is talking yeah. about the same thing. He's talking about being diligent yeah. in and, and gaining reward at the end. Yeah, so uh, relaxation, hatred of exertion, and love of physical delights. I was reading that and reviewing before class as I poured myself a glass of wine, and I couldn't wait to put my feet on that glass table and sit in that couch. And relax. Relax. And I didn't want to exert anymore, and I just... Love that glass of wine, and I thought, it does make it! Easy moment. That's right. Anyway, I thought something was cool. No, that, that, that was slow-mo, slow-mo. No. But it was a translation. Different, different English, actually. But anyway. What I thought was kind of interesting, um, which, you know, was even, I remember this more, I guess, which um, than the rest of it, but it, he talks about how a, a lazy man, through his passivity, his omission of doing good deeds, sins by not doing anything. He right. is basically neutral. And that reminded me of what Yeshua said. Was it Yeshua? I think it was Yeshua who said about being neither hot, uh, being neither, do not be well, warm, hot or cold. Be right, hot or cold. And that's what the lazy man is. He's not, warm. He's not, um, he's doing, by doing nothing, he, he has sinned. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the whole idea of looking for and, and running to do the mitzvah, not just, yeah, uh, I might, yeah, might have something, no, just, you know, running and to do it. The examples that they gave. Yeah. You know, now, Sarah it's, it's scary, though. You can't. You can't have alacrity. You cannot have Zerizu. We're taking it back to chapter one. You cannot be working with alacrity and dispatch to fulfill the mitzvah or the mitzvot unless you know what they are. Unless you know, exactly, unless you know how to keep the mitzvot, right? It's hard when you have a fuzzy standard, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. We knew it was going to come out, right? It was just going to draw us right to the Zohar and the, uh, what's the one in the middle? The code of uh, Jewish law. Oh, oh, that inspired me. So, the way of Torah. I just thought this was so cool. We should probably just memorize it. The way of Torah is bread with salt, water in small measures, and then sleep on the ground. Now, can you have carpet? No. Or no pillow. Sleep on the ground. So, crocodile, Dundee. In the bush. So, just five times a week, Torah. seven times a week? Is that what we're going to all each other count? the way of Torah. Go for the dirt, scoop out a hole beneath your head, and your shoulders, you'll be fine. No, no, no. I was just, um, like, I had a lot of trouble waking up in the morning. But there's this one time, 
that I slept in a very uncomfortable place. And you know, how when you do that, you kind of like, mm-hmm. don't really get all the way to sleep. Yeah. And I woke up, I didn't, I didn't have a clock nearby, but finally I just was like, alright, it's time so to get up. And uh, so I had, that was one of the best mornings of all time, because I was fully awake, because I was never really fully asleep. asleep. I mean, how was the afternoon that day? It was fine, you know, once, if you get a really good start of the day, the whole day kind of goes around. That's so, so true. So are you saying, remove the...
<laughs> Wouldn't it make more sense to put the socks out? I always forget to take the socks out. I got everything out but the socks. I got the undies, the, matches, the, you know, the t-shirt, and the shirt, and the whole... I got it all. Probably you know, stores them behind the couch somewhere. Yeah, you know. So, there are times when I get up, you know, if, if the Lord wakes me up at four, I'll just get up at four. And, you know, I come out here, and I, I, I got like three hours before, you know, things start to really cook here, including breakfast cooking. <laughs> So, you know, I've got so much to do, but I just can't bear to wake her up. So I'll just go in the bathroom, put on my robe, my little spa robe deal, you know. Come on out here, make the coffee, and, you know, it grinds and makes... <laughs> At least it's not a juicer. Oh, morning. That thing's just going on. Yeah, that is wonder. It's like a jet engine. I can hear them every morning sneeze, so I know for a fact they hate me. When I crank up the chainsaw to shave in the morning. Speaking of the chainsaw, conveniences and getting up ready. Thank you for that visual. Excuse me. Always, sir. I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> I'm done with your joke. <laughs> so one of the things in Garden of Manana that we talked about was uh, like stopping the media, like yeah. looking at media type yeah. things. Yeah. And that was a really big front to me because I was used to going, like my outlet was like watching like funny YouTube videos of people falling or something like that or getting seriously yeah. killed. Yeah. Like, that's morbid. <laughs> or dogs that do funny weird cat videos. Like, yeah. Faces of death and all that stuff. No, not like that. Oh. <laughs> what is that? I'm talking about like so find 20 out years ago. So it's the barking cat, you know? So, but I, and as a but result of that. the cat plays a trombone? No. Okay. <laughs> so you don't want to wear a dog that like, bites his own his own leg is <laughs> Anyway, so I stopped that though. So I don't go on YouTube anymore. On the YouTube? On, on YouTube or on any other of those websites. Yeah. And it's amazing because not only do you have more time now, but you'll be amazed at how much that stuff actually negatively affects you, even if it's not like inappropriate material. Right. Um, yeah, just because you'll, see, mm -hmm. you'll see such a positive change just by mixing social media, TV, you know, Yahoo News, things like that, it actually affects your soul. And so. physically, because your blood pressure is a lot lower from all the stupid junkly comments. To your, yeah. to your point about that, I've been TV three, free for about three years now. I love it, and I don't actually have internet on at, the home, at my, my place. Yeah. So, and I have, I've loved it. Which it, means, it means I have more time to invest in and it's spend time with my daughter, it means I'm not wasting time. It means if I get bored, it means I either got to pick up my guitar and practice, or I've got to sit down with a book. Study. Study. Exactly. So, it, it, more power to you, man. It's good stuff. I've seen it in the first chapter of the show, Rook, It talks about um, washing your hands when you wake up, and it's strictly a spiritual thing. Because um, you know, it's like about the yetsarabi on your fingertips. So once I read that, I've um, tried to implement that practice, and it actually helps me get up in the mornings. Because I'll you do that half wake up thing, but then like you don't want to touch any oracles, so yeah, like, you can't ever get comfortable. Yeah. And like you just have to get up. Then you're like this, and you're like, you know, 
And like, you know, it just gets up. That's and I like, you just try to wake Michaela up, and I don't know if, it didn't talk about her having it, so I'm like, don't touch me! Like, and then I'm like, but is it okay? It's very intentional, I don't know. But that actually helps, is if you yeah, take the habit to wash your hands, you get really uncomfortable trying to fall back to bed. That's great. I should touch the emails ever. <laughs> she needs to wake up here, knows it's a little tiny little itch. Yeah. Second thing that uh, detracts from Missouri Zoot is great anxiety and great fear. What I thought was brilliant about this, the quote that I immediately came home with from my wife from reading this chapter was, he said that um, fear does not cause laziness. Laziness causes fear. Mm-hmm. I that was so brilliant, because I can definitely um, identify with that. When there's something I don't want to do, it's amazing how many excuses you can come up with and not do it. And you feel like, but and the excuses sound legitimate. It's not like you're saying to yourself, I just don't feel like it right now. You're saying, well, if I, if I stay up to work on that, I could get a cold. If I get up too early, I'll be really grumpy tomorrow. I have work to do. Yeah. Don't we know, come up with the grids? I can't fast tomorrow. Even, I've got even, too much to do. Yeah. Even yeah. said the guy will study to find excuses. To he'll study. be extremely studious in studying. Yeah, he'll give you all the reasons from the mission. He doesn't have to it's 7.30. <laughs> I'm afraid that I might be coming out with a cold, so I should probably skip prayers and sleep in. 
I'm afraid of da 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 da. Whereas, like, we do not assume a disqualifying circumstance that we do not see. Right. Whereas on the flip side, it's like if you got a hundred and two degree fever, maybe fasting tomorrow is not the best idea. But that's something you actually can see. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, from a from a physical safety perspective, even if you're carrying a handgun, if we already have seen news word from other folks that this is a bad area of town, why would we just drive through there and do that? Well, and I, and I think when it comes to handguns, what I think about you know, being cautious, it'd be where do you store your handgun? Is it around young people? Even though you know you're not a, you're not a fearful of accidents, all this other stuff, it's you have to have the right regard. You're taking that caution. Good. On a regular basis, um, I would get we get emails when I was still an undergrad, we get emails about how, okay, so-and-so was attacked in the parking lot, uh, and you know, it's usually at night, and it's usually a woman, or you know, someone on a jog, and stuff like that. Now you've so, seen. Exactly. So I was like, okay, anytime I'm at UNC Charlotte, if it's day or night, I don't care about the you know, law. If it's a misdemeanor, it's a misdemeanor. I'm carrying. So. That was a confession of guilt. Yeah, that's on camera. Question. Johnny's breaking the law. I'm not there right now. He's there right now. This is a hologram. Is that the long question? Longer than 30 minutes. We find it difficult to envelop ourselves in love and passion for the service of Hashem and to act eagerly with alacrity before the Creator because we are still mired in physical desires. Mm. Whew. That's a tough deal, then. It is. It really is. So... It's basically like if you align yourself with any of the point number one, you don't understand this whole world. What you, do you, still, mean? you still think this is the only world. Right. Uh, it yeah. really shows that you don't have any faith at all. Yeah. Which is scary. It did remind me a lot of First John... Um, that the lovers of this world, friends of this world, enemies of God, James is the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, that they're basically it's not a, a means. You can't balance them somehow. Like, well, I can have a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and it'll be okay. But I think the biggest thing, the biggest thing to me was definitely the the, the man is born for labor. I thought that was really helpful because I have to say one of the biggest struggles is feeling like. I, you know, feeling justified in saying that I don't have to. You know, I'm tired, I'm worn out, I have to take care of myself first, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, man, I tell you, we live in a world, especially in the United States, where, like, everything is about rest. Everything is about vacation. We're, we're, we're you know, people are busting their rear ends right now so that way when they get to the end of their career, they can stop working. Because the whole goal is to stop working. Right. And it's just exactly the opposite. Is that really stop working and exactly. that's especially for us men. Because yeah. like we're constantly working for our family. That's so right. We've talked about it in all the marriage classes. Yeah. There's never an off time. That's right. You always have to be on. But the moment you wake up, you gotta be thinking about everything, planning for everything, doing, doing, doing. It is so, on our shoulders. Yeah. And and quite frankly, if you look at the curse, you know, Genesis three. By the sweat of your brow, you will toil. We're focusing on the Sweat of the brow thing. You will toil. That's why we're here. Toil. 
I'm, I'm reminded of the intro that Ron Kahl gave us, that of the foyer or the lobby, right? That this world is in front of the world to come. We want to get into that banquet hall, but you can't get into the banquet hall unless you make it through the foyer. This is the foyer, and this is the only place we can do the mitzvah. And the difference between the guy who's looking for the honor of having a place, good or bad, in the world to come, and the guy who's on the next higher level, is that he, the higher level guy, is absolutely focused on being as close to Hashem as possible. And he knows that the only thing that will separate him from perfect closeness is his lack of diligence, where he could have kept the mitzvot and chose not to, or moved a little slow, or decided to stay in bed a little bit longer, or stayed up a little bit too late, whatever it may be. These are the things that will detract from that, because when you get across the foyer, time's over. You had just as much of an opportunity as the next guy. The next guy is closer to Hashem. Cultivate trust in Hashem is bottom line for this chapter. And really, that's what it comes down to. If we're doing these two in concert with one another, then it is a cultivation and trust that He will teach us, He will open our eyes, He will reveal to us what we need to change, He'll give us the strength to do it, He'll give us the time to study the Torah, He will make our paths straight. He will work with us to perfect us into the image of His Son. It's the bottom line. Our own right. Go. That was a great summation, and maybe would be to, to pull what, something that crossed my mind when we're talking about being very quick to when you see Him. It's both go towards it quickly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Run and do it. Um, uh, otherwise, if you delay, you can give excuse for not doing the mitzvot. And it just occurred to me, you know, the, the falling away. If those those who know the truth, I mean, the falling away means that they were in. Right. But they knew about because it. there wasn't that there, then they perhaps come up with the worst part about delaying is that you can end up missing a chance to do the mitzvot at all. And that's, but, yeah. I think, I think, and to be honest with you, that's usually the reason why you delay. You're hoping you don't that circumstances will, circumstances will prevent you, and somehow then it's not your fault. Isn't that why we also don't say things to Muslims? We don't open our mouths. I choose to it. demonstrate the positive mitzvah of love and compassion hmm. by keeping my mouth shut. Hmm. Are you serious? Yeah. You want to love somebody who wants to kill you? Yeah. Feel the same. Um... Well, if they're actually not going to say it, because Satan doesn't tell anyone, except Judas. Oh. Judas is apparently the only person who the end of the uh, film. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely backing off of the whole, like, uh, Christianized version of Satan, so. Regardless, I am... We can disagree. I, I, I certainly believe Satan is evil. that now Satan knowing how to articulate our faith is a question of whether we should articulate our faith. 
and whether we should protect our country and whether we should protect our families is to me not open to debate. And if there's a guy standing in front of me who professes to, to hold faith that a majority of people holding want to do things that harm our country, our way of life, and our own people, I just don't but think that. But what comes of your conversation with them? That's not up to me. No, I'm the only one goal? that God will use. What's your goal? We should talk about it over some wine. Yeah. That's <laughs> a good idea. Like, what is what's your purpose in doing? My goal is me. to confront the potentially radicalized Muslim to make it clear to him that we know, and to put everyone else who may hear on the offense and not the defense. Because what I see in this world right now is that Christians all over the planet, and Jews, are on the defense, always. Maybe some strong wait till, wait till Iran gets that nuclear reactor done. To that point, what's your response when someone does answer your inquiry about their beliefs and the, the level of their faith that, yeah, I want you dead? It hasn't happened yet, but right now, I think the best thing we can do is call the police. Call 911 and say, I just had a conversation with a radicalized Muslim, and he made it clear that his desire is to kill Americans and to kill us, to kill infidels. And I just want to give you his name and make sure you know who he is. Rick said one in the head, two in the chest. <laughs> oh. And then you want to your church? You're referencing the, the number of tracks that went that right? I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to praise God, if we're the ones that are going to lift him up, if we're the ones that are going to set him apart, one of the ways that we do that is to make clear that we're not a part of things that he is not a part of. And if we pretend or feign love with the world or his enemies, then we are actually defiling God in his name. Now, how you go about dealing with that lives is up to you. We're going to be here and talk about it I'll so tell you what I think. You may disagree, and that's fine. Many of you may disagree. Many of you may not say anything at all. Some of you are real quiet at work, and that's fine. Or at, or at Walmart. Or at Target, or at the ball game, or whatever. So. Be wise. Be wise. Most wise. Be 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 yeah. Um, well, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, real quick. I'm not sure we actually talked about this, but um, did we talk about how to be a lactrogist? How to, how to become? Uh, it was in the movie. It was in Robin Hood. Get up. Move faster. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was kind of cool if I could say it real quick. What Ron Paul said, there's only one thing you need to do, and that's dwell on the kindnesses and blessings that Hashem has given. Well, well, that also just focus. You can control your outside body. So if you don't right. have some motivation yeah. on the inside, just do it on the outside. And then you know, the rest of the outside. Right. Yeah. 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 Ye